Welcome to Passion Life Church. Titled, You Already Got It, So Quit Trying to Get It. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 9, verse 20, as I just do a little bit of review today. And here's what the premise of this whole series, if you're just joining us today, I just really want to encourage you to go back and watch from part one. You know, my wife at work, um, there's a a lady that works with her. She goes to a a different church in in Riverside. They live out in Riverside. And she sent one of the, the podcasts of this message. She was going through procedure and uh and she 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 listened to it and she got back to my wife and she said this was such a blessing she sent a whole bunch of crying emojis and she said this really really touched my heart my church family let's not underestimate what the word of god can do in people's lives and i'm saying that not just because i taught it i said it because i'm saying because it's such an incredible revelation that we need to have because we can be living our whole lives as christians chasing something that God has already given us. And it's like a dog chasing its tail. And here's what happens is when a dog is chasing its tail, it gets frustrated, it gets tired, it gets exhausted, chasing something it already has. But here's the reality. It feels like there is little or no results. But the truth is, this is how Paul addressed the Ephesians when he wrote to the Ephesians. And this has been our theme verse, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with some spiritual blessing. How much? How much? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How many of you believe that Christ is blessed? Let me see your hand. How many of you believe that Christ is anointed? Amen. How many of you believe this, that that same Jesus Christ is in you now? Right? So that all that he has and he brings and it's in you. Watch verse 4. For he chose in us... In him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You know, I was thinking about Isaiah. When Isaiah, God told Isaiah, he says, look, I'm, a, I'm doing a new thing. And this is what he said. He said, but can you perceive it? Right? He said, I'm doing a new thing. Here's what he said, do you know it not? And it's the same that we it's the same thing we're talking about this series. God can do something, have already done something in your life, but you don't see it. You don't perceive it. And then guess what happens? You can't walk in it. But when we read something like Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, man, all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus, I think what happens is we can become frustrated because we're like, man, I read this, Pastor Phil, and you know, I, I just, it's like almost like I'm not seeing it translating or being, I like to use this word, manifested into our day, my daily life. It's just not translating. And that is the key. That's where we have been focusing on because we've really talked about how God has already blessed us. This is already past tense. And so we don't need to question God about that. But what we do need to find out is how do we get that to manifest in the spirit realm? Because this is really what he's talking about. He's talking about the spirit realm. How do we get it to manifest from the spirit realm into your physical? realm. And my church family, if you look at me this morning, that is the goal. God wants you to walk in this. Can I hear a good amen today? 
And so God wants us to live in what he's already given us. Now, at this time, usually in my message, what I'll do is that's a little review and then I'll tell you, okay, but today here's the title of my message. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to break every single rule that I learned about in um, preaching class in in Bible college, homiletics. I'm going to break that rule today and I'm going to give you the title of my message at the end of the message. And just to encourage you, I want you to know that I failed preaching class. Okay. I'm just, I'm sorry. I, I, I failed. I got an F. I thought it was for faith, but it wasn't. It was for... <laughs> So that made me laugh. I'm sorry, but I got an F and I thought it was for fun or for faith. Like, no, no, I'm kidding. I did pass uh, my, 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 my class and I'll let you be the judge of that. And you can grade me, you know, on, uh, on, on my preaching, but here's what I want to do. I want to give you the title at the end of the message. And I, I think you'll get it. As we're turning to Daniel chapter nine, verse 20, I just want to break this down a little bit because Daniel is an incredible guy in the Old Testament. I mean, he literally shifted a whole nation. And what we're going to do is we jump in this. He's already been to the, the lion's den. I mean, that, that, that's just amazing, right? He went into the lion's den, right? And I think you've heard this. Why didn't the lions eat Daniel because they were on the Daniel fast. Come on, somebody, you know what I mean? Right, that, that's, that's just, come on. If you give more in the offering, you get better jokes. Come on, so that's another pastor joke, but it's pastor appreciation. So can, can I just have a little bit of grace today? He's already been in the lion's den. But I mean, Daniel thrived. You know, the Bible says about Daniel that he was a man of excellent spirit. And it, listen, they were in captivity in Babylon but he was still a man of excellent spirit. That really spoke to me because, you know, we're in a time that's very challenging. There's a lot of things and it's very easy to just make an excuse of why we're not going to live with an excellent spirit. And Daniel was an example of that. And uh, the Bible actually says that he was preferred above presidents and princess, uh, princesses, pre uh, presidents and, um, and, and foreign kings, that they would actually prefer Daniel because he was an excellent spirit. And I believe that the source of his strength and character, Daniel loved to pray. I mean, he prayed three times a day. And I think that there's a, some truth and a truth I want to focus on here in Daniel's life. Life that applies to this series and applies to us today. So Daniel is praying in Daniel chapter nine, verse 20. And it says this, I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people pleading with the Lord, my God for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. As I was praying, Gabriel, now Gabriel is the angel. This is the same Gabriel that appeared to Mary. As I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen in an earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. And he explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I, he, I am here to tell you what it was, for you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. I don't have time to, to go into everything that Daniel was praying about, but one of the things in this particular prayer, he wanted some understanding on a prophecy that Jeremiah had prophesied, and he was wondering why things didn't come to pass as he was studying. And so he prayed and Gabriel shows up. But I want you to understand this truth of what the angel told Daniel. The angel told Daniel, 
Listen, the moment you prayed, the moment you prayed, the command was given. So I read through this prayer. It took me about three minutes to, to just read through this prayer. So I'm going to say Daniel takes about three minutes. He's praying this prayer. And in three minutes, he has an answer to his prayer. It took three minutes for him to get this answer. And I wonder sometimes, uh, it, I just think, wouldn't it be wonderful if every time you prayed, instantaneously there was a manifestation of exactly what you prayed? But I think what happens is most people, we don't realize or we we assume that God doesn't have to deal with, you know, such things as time, space or or distance. And I'm going to tell you one thing. Sometimes when we pray, you know, it involves other people. And so God has to work through other people and their will to bring things to pass. Can I hear a good amen today? So can I just give you an encouragement? That's why when God is dealing with you about something or giving something or doing something for somebody else, you need to be obedient as quick as possible because you never know. They may be praying, God, if this doesn't happen, I'm not going to believe in you. And then here we are as Christians withholding and saying, I I don't know, be a vessel of God, be obedient to God. But here's what I want you to know that even within three minutes, it wasn't instantaneously. It took about three minutes, but here's point number one for today's message. God moved in the spirit realm before there was any physical evidence of it. I'm going to say that again. God moved in the spirit realm before there was any physical evidence of it. Now, there was physical evidence. An angel did show up. But first, God, as soon as he prayed, he dispatched the answer. Now, Daniel is going to pray again. We're going to read here in just a moment in chapter 10. Now, you would think... After this prayer, if anything, man, his heart should be encouraged, full of faith, strengthened. Man, I just received the answer to this prayer. But now he's going to pray a second prayer, and it's going to take three weeks for the answer to come. Watch this. Same man, different results. Same man, different results. This time, not three minutes, this time, three weeks before Daniel would see the manifestation And we know that by Daniel chapter two, verse 10, he says, I was mourning for three weeks. Daniel was fasting and he was praying. Listen to this. But the results were actually took longer. It was worse, not better. I don't know if you've ever kind of wondered that. Why does God answer some prayers in three minutes and then some, it takes three weeks. Have you ever, you know, seen, how many of you have ever seen God do something you pray and it's almost like instantaneously. How many of you ever seen that, right? Right. Let, let me, let me, let me, let me get, put the rubber in, meets the road because Christmas is coming. Right. So it's just like, God, I'm pulling into Walmart, Aldi, wherever you shop. Right. Please give me, please give me a parking spot. Oh, thank you, Jesus. There, there it is. Wow. Thank God. Right. And so how many of you prayed that prayer? Lord, don't give it to them. Lord, give it, Lord, that's, that's mine. And then you pull in, you're like, the favor of the Lord. Thank you. I feel like Mary. I know what Mary feels like when the angel, no, you just got a parking spot. Relax, 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 right? But sometimes we wonder, right? Why, why sometimes is it quick? And then other occasions, it can be weeks, it could be months or even years, right? But I'm just gonna tell you, because many times we can be standing, we can be believing, and then we wonder like, God, why, why are you doing this? Why, why is it taking so long to answer my prayer? But let me just tell you, that actually is really an invalid question. Why? I wanna show you. Again, when Daniel prays, an angel shows up. 
to tell Daniel, right? He's praying, and this is what happens, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since, listen to this, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. And I have come to answer your prayer, this angel says, but for 21 days, the, the, the spirit of the, the, the spirit, prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels came to help me. And I was left there with the spirit, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. So three weeks, Daniel is praying. Now, listen, my church family, Daniel does not know what is happening. Daniel does not know. He just knows that he's not seeing the manifestation of what he prayed for. But I want to remind you, and I want you to understand this truth of what the angel is saying in verse 12. He says this, since the first day you prayed, the command was given. You didn't see the manifestation, but here's the reality. The command was given. The angel was dispatched the first day that you prayed. My church family, can I just encourage us today? God answered Daniel's prayer immediately on both occasions. God wasn't the variable. He didn't change. Write this down if you're taking notes. Here's number two. It was God that remained consistent. It was God that remained consistent both times. But what happened? There was interference It was interference. And I just want to encourage you today. God doesn't answer some prayers in three minutes and some in three weeks. Listen, here, as we read, the Lord answered immediately. The supply was already there before we even needed what we needed. The provision was made before you ever had the need. My church family, I want to encourage you today. God is not moving differently for, for, for different people. God is consistent all the time. But here's what happens. You remember what we talked about? We talked about people receive differently. People receive differently. Not everybody receives the same. But God has already done his part. But I want to encourage us today to understand there are things that can hinder what God has done in the spiritual realm from becoming into the physical realm. And here's number three. It's the enemy's goal to block your breakthrough. Watch this. First time Daniel prays, no hindrance. In instantaneous, three minutes, it's done. Second time, and I'm going to tell you why I believe the second time the enemy tried to block his breakthrough. The first time, I think the enemy was watching Daniel and he saw, wow, he got his prayer answered. I I need need to step in here. This, This is not right. But let me just tell you what the second prayer was about. The first prayer was about understanding the children of Israel and trying to get them out of captivity. But the second prayer, listen to this, the second prayer was Daniel was actually seeing Jesus. He had a revelation of Jesus. And I feel like the enemy was like, uh uh, nope, nope, nope. You're having a revelation of Jesus coming. I do not want you to get this breakthrough. And here's what I want us to understand, my church family. This is the goal of the enemy. The goal of the enemy is always to challenge what 
God has said in this series, the enemy is trying to make you doubt that you already got what you need because God has already given it. So here's what he does. He always challenges the word of God. Think about this. In the very beginning, this is how he operates. This is how he tries to block your breakthrough. In the very beginning with Adam and Eve, right? I want you to think they were in the perfect place. I mean, they were in paradise, perfect place. They had the perfect life, perfect life, not one problem. Wow, can you imagine that? Listen to this. It was perfect people. They were per- there was not any sin. They were covered with the glory of God. So they couldn't be tempted with money. They couldn't be te- tempted with sex. They couldn't be tempted with power. They couldn't be tempted with glory. So here's what the enemy had to do. The enemy had to lie to them by saying, look, you don't have it all. As good as it is here, you don't have it all. But here's the truth, my church family. They did have it all. Adam and Eve had it all. But here's what Satan did. He challenged the word of God. And here's what he suggested. He said, he said, will you really die if you eat that fruit? Listen to this. Listen. But don't you want to be like God? Don't you want to be like God? The truth was they were already like God. God made them in his image. The devil tempted Adam and Eve with something they already had. But he wanted to make them feel like they didn't. And for many of us, this is right here. God has already, by Jesus, the Bible says, by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. Healing was already given. It's already, you already got it. It's already been done. It's already been paid for. Just as your sins have been paid for, so have your sicknesses. But he comes to challenge the word of God and say, it's not going to work for you. He's tempting you with what you already have. This is his strategy. He did the same to Jesus in the desert. Do you remember? He comes to Jesus, Jesus is fasting, and he says, if you are the son of God. And it's interesting because the chapter before Jesus is getting baptized and the heavens open up and the father says, this is my beloved son in whom you are, in whom I am well pleased. He affirms Jesus. Jesus had not done one miracle, but he speaks the word and little did, right? Little, little, I didn't want to say little did Jesus know because he knew, but it's interesting that in the next chapter, his identity is going to be questioned. It's the first thing the enemy comes and says, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus says, it is written. Listen, man can't live by bread alone, but only by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. My church family, Jesus, (laughs) he didn't need bread. He was bread. The Bible says he is the bread of life. He's trying to tempt him with what he already has. Here's another one. The devil says, okay, listen, jump off this temple. Jump off this temple. Doesn't the, 
Doesn't it say that the angels will give his hands charge over you lest you dash your foot against the stone? Jesus is like the stone. I'm the chief cornerstone. I am the rock of ages. Hmm. Okay, that didn't work. Jesus, if you bow down, really what he's doing too, he's like, you won't have to go to the cross and just give it up here. But if you will bow down, you can have all of the kingdom of the earth. Jesus is like, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And to my kingdom, there will be no end. My church family, Jesus understood. You can't tempt me to get something I already know is mine. Come on, you can give him. Yeah, it is good. Listen to me, especially if you're a teenager or you act like a teenager. Listen to this, all right? Listen, this is, man, this was such a revelation to me. It needs to be taught. Listen, if you're in school, there's a lot of temptation. We have a lot of temptation. But there, especially when you're in high school, junior high, there's a temptation for people to try to to change your identity. And if you don't know who you are, you will be tempted. But I want you to write this down today. You can't tempt me to be somebody that I already am. Unless I don't know who I am. But Adam and Eve gave in. Think about that. They give in to a temptation to something that they already had. So that's the first Adam. But aren't you grateful? Jesus is called the last Adam. Some say the second Adam, really. And when, when Adam, the first Adam failed in, the, in that garden, Jesus in the New Testament succeeded. Why? Because he knew what he already had. He knew that he already got it. So you can't tempt me about it. Are you getting something out of this this morning? This is why the Bible says that we need to, when we pray in Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I tell you, whatever you ask, right? When I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive and it will be yours. My church family, when do we believe we receive it? When it comes? No, we believe that we receive it when? When we pray it. Because according to what we learned with Daniel, God is always answering. Now, let me just preface this, if you're praying the right way, right? And I just gotta say this because I'm a pastor and I've had people come up to me and go, hey, Pastor Phil, you know, I'm just really, you know, I'm really praying for Margaret and, and uh, you know, I just, I just believe that, you know, she's gonna be my wife. Well, the problem is, is that Margaret's somebody else's wife. So we cannot pray those prayers. And I know you got a lot of faith, but you little crazy on that. You know what I mean? Well, Pastor Phil, have you heard that crazy faith? Yeah, but no, you crazy. Don't blame it on your faith. So I got to preface that because there's some crazy out there. Don't look at the person next to you. There's crazy. And this person was sincere, but they were sincerely wrong. And I had to say, you can't pray that. Well, God told me, listen, but God didn't tell her. Obviously, God told her to marry Harry over there. 
So what I'm talking about here is we always pray. And when you're praying according to the will of God, the will of God, the word of God is the will of God. So what we do is we pray the word that is his will. So when you pray, right, when you pray, you believe that you receive what? When you pray. And can I encourage you? And don't withdraw your faith just because you don't see it in the physical just because it hasn't manifested yet. See, I want us to notice that Daniel didn't withdraw his faith because it didn't happen in three minutes, the second prayer. He didn't withdraw his faith. He didn't get into unbelief. You know what he did? He stayed strong for three weeks. And my church family, he didn't know it was 21 days until the angel told him. So it wasn't like we could be like, Daniel, it's going to be 21 days. Come on, you're at day 19. Come on, Daniel, you could do it. Come on, a couple more days. He didn't know. He didn't know that until the angel said it. We have, we have the ability to look and to be able to see. And can I just encourage you? You may be at the, the precipice of your breakthrough. Your breakthrough is breaking through. You cannot quit at this time because God has already said it. God has already done it. But we've got to figure out what we've got to do to receive it. Can I hear a good amen today? But here's, I want us to understand if Daniel would have quit, if he would have quit, the answer would have never been manifested. See, even though God had already given the commandment and the messenger was on his way, this demonic opposition would have prevailed if David would have, if Daniel would have withdrawn his faith. This is really powerful because we think that what we do oftentimes, that it doesn't affect the spiritual realm. Think about that for a moment, that if Daniel would have withdrawn his faith, got into unbelief, he would have never gotten the breakthrough and the demonic opposition would have won. And I wonder sometimes if this is what we're doing. You know, on Tuesdays, we're doing a life group called Soul Good. And I'm talking about the soul. A lot of times in, 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 in church, we talk about the spirit. But you know, the Bible has a lot to say about your mind, will, and emotions. And in thinking about this series, thinking about life group, I was telling our, our life group, it's kind of like there's this, it's a misconception, but people really believe that I can get all that I, I can from the spirit realm. And yet I don't have to be engaged in my soul. I can believe what I want. I can have unbelief, but I'm going to get and have everything that God has for me. That's not true. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. What we have to do is renew our mind and say, it is done. I've already got it. Now, what do I need to do to receive it? Remember, we talked about this and I just want to bring this all to a close because this is important. I'm not talking about what I have to do to earn miracles. You can't earn them. But remember, when we talked about the blind man, Jesus led him out, right? He led him out of the town of Bethsaida because it was all unbelief. So he didn't lead. Jesus didn't lead everybody out of town, but he led this man. Why? So he could receive better. It wasn't that Jesus' power was diminished with this man. Jesus was constant, as we're teaching today. The, the miracle was already 
already there, but this guy needed help to receive it. That's why Jesus laid his hands on him. And remember, this man, this blind man was the only man that Jesus prayed for twice. Why? Not because Jesus had to go recharge his battery, but because this man was very challenged in his receiving because he was constantly in an atmosphere of unbelief. And so when I ask what we need to do, I'm asking this question, what do we need to do to put ourselves in a better position to receive? Can I hear a good amen today? All right. We're getting closer to my message title and I'm excited. Are you ready? I laid all that foundation to tell you this. If Daniel would have prayed God, what is hindering this breakthrough? If God would have revealed to Daniel, Daniel, listen, there's a demonic power that's hindering the messenger from bringing the answer. My church family, do you know that Daniel couldn't have done anything about it? Do you know why? Because Old Testament saints didn't have the power and the authority over the devil at that time. Why do you say that, Pastor Phil? Because Jesus hadn't come. And here's the title to my message. I know you've been waiting so long. You're like, Phil, please give it to us. Here's number four, and here's the title to my message. We have more. I'm gonna say it again. We have more. Do you know that you have more power and authority available to you than even Daniel had? Daniel was probably more dedicated than us. He probably prayed more than us. But what Jesus has done for us after the cross, my church family, he has given you power, authority. Think about this. This is such a a, a sobering thought. Today... As New Testament believers, we're looking back to what Jesus has already done. They were prophesying of what Jesus was going to do in the Old Testament. We are actually living in some of their prophecies. We are actually, the baton has been tossed to us that we are living in what they long to see. You and I are living in. They were prophesying. Isaiah was prophesying that by Jesus' stripes that, that we would be healed. And then Jesus did that. Now we are living in that and we can draw from that. Are you here this morning? We can draw from that. And you and I have more in this day than what Daniel have. My church family, you and I have power over the enemy. It's he has already been defeated. He is a defeated foe. How do I know that? Colossians chapter two, verse 15. It says, Jesus having disarmed, everybody say disarmed. Come on. He's disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. The Roman soldiers, Paul is getting this idea of a public spectacle of what would the Romans would do when they defeated a king. They would take the king's body, oftentimes cut off their thumbs so they would know that they would never hold a sword again. They would put that king on a horse and they would parade him through the streets of Rome so everybody could 
see visually that this king was defeated. And my church family, this is what Jesus is telling us today. You have to understand that every principality, every power is already defeated in our life. So when you are praying and asking God, how come I'm not seeing this manifest? And the Lord tells you, you know what? There's a fight going on. I'm thankful that I'm praying prayers that are actually causing the enemy to fight me because those are big prayers. Can I hear a good amen today? Daniel was praying big prayers that, man, all of the universe was fighting because of his prayers. Those are powerful prayers prayers. But if the Lord begins to say, Hey, you know what? There, there's, there's, there's some, there's some breakthrough that needs to happen. My church family, you have the power and the authority. Remember we talked about this in the series, not to just be requesting, but to be declaring over your life. Listen, Satan, you cannot take my breakthrough. You cannot take my, you have no authority to interfere in this prayer. How do I know that? James chapter four, verse seven. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he has to flee from you. My church family, listen, we submit to God. Why? Because we can't do this in our own strength. But I just want to tell you, God's not going to do for you what you can do for yourself. God is not going to resist the devil for you. He already defeated the devil. He expects you to do it. He expects you to do it. God's not going to do what you can do for yourself. Here's what God does for us. God does what we can't do for ourselves. And I'm going to tell you something about, if you're visiting our church, I'm going to tell you something. We don't talk about the devil a lot. We need to understand the Bible says we need to be aware of his plans and his wild. But I'm just telling you, it's like talking about a losing team. You don't need, he's already defeated. And sometimes we make him bigger than what he is. He is defeated. But here's where I end only power that the enemy has in your life, in my life, and in this world is the power that we give him. And here's what I've come to to realize in 30 years of ministry. You know why he has power over us? You know how he works through? He works just like Adam and Eve. He tried it on Jesus. It didn't work. He works through our ignorance. That's why the Bible says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. It does not say my people perish for a lack of money. My people are perishing for a lack of healing because they're not healed. Although people are perishing because of that. But the key, here's the key. My people are perishing because they don't know. Come on, put up on the screen. You already got it. Can you put that up on the screen for me? The title slide, put it on. They don't know this. You already got it. You already got it. Salvation, you got it. Forgiveness, you got it. Mercy, you got it. Grace, you got it. It's already been given to every single one of you. Healing, you got it. Signs, wonders, and miracles follow us that believe we already got it. What is the problem? Oftentimes we walk in ignorance. It's the whole point of this series for you to understand who you are and what you have. Listen, the enemy has no authority and no right to come in your home. Parents, the enemy has no right, no authority to mess with your kids. 
And we've got to stop being the victim and we've got to start standing up and we've got to start speaking and declaring who we are. You and I have the name of Jesus that we carry. And I've been, I've been talking to the devil a little bit and saying, hey, listen, you're not gonna block this in Jesus' name. I know you're trying, but take your hands off this in Jesus' name. But there's a joy in me to know that something big must be going on for the enemy to try to block it. And I wanna tell you today, you already got it. And he can't block your breakthrough. But you're gonna have to stand up. You're gonna have to know who you are. You're gonna have to know what you got. And you're gonna have to stand in it. You're gonna have to walk in it. And guess what? You will live in it. And you'll live in it. That's the goal of what God has for you in your life. Did you learn something today? Did you learn something today? This is, this is my passion. And we're going to pray in just a moment. This is my passion. My church family, I'm not saying this to make anybody feel guilty. I'm just not. But it's my heart. We have more and we do less. We have more than the Old Testament people had. We have more and we do less. Excuse my language, excuse my language, excuse my language. I was telling somebody the other day as they were, we were talking about our problems. When you start reading about everything that these people went through, Elisha, Paul, beaten, excuse my language. I told this person, we're a bunch of wussies, man. Traffic, <gasps> come on. These people were fighting with demonic powers. And we're upset because we're sitting in and we, we lose our mind. And I said, we've got to stand up because we have more than what they have. But we do far less because we don't realize that we've got it. And here's my goal, my church family, that this church, I'm not responsible for any other church, that this church steps into what we have and who we are because that's what this city needs. That's what this state needs is not Christians who are wondering what they have and who they are, but they have Christians that already know I have authority in Jesus name. I have provision in Jesus name. I just need to receive it. I'm going to walk. Healing has already been given. And so I'm going to begin to walk in it by faith. We already have it in Jesus name. So let's walk in it. Would you stand with me? I'm sorry. I said the word wussies in church, but I don't know how else to to say. And I look at my life and some of the things I'm complaining about and I look at them and I'm reading how Paul's like writing scripture in prison. And then Jesus says this, this just like totally blows us away. Jesus says, greater works will you do, Jesus, because I go to the Father. I'm supposed to be doing greater works. How can you do that, Pastor Phil? You already got it. Signs, wonders, and miracles follow you because you believe. Whether you're in high school I'm praying that maybe some high schoolers will get a hold of this. 
and become a countercultural to the world. Not in a mean way, in a loving way, but just understanding who I am, who we are, what we can do in Jesus' name. Would you bow your heads today? One of the things I've found myself doing now is just thanking God for all of the things that he's given us. I've been thanking God for the authority that we and he so entrusted us with. If I could ask you, when was the last time you actually exercised the authority that God has given you over situations? I'm telling you, the enemy's coming and he, he wants to rob you. He wants to block you from living in this, my church family. He wanted Adam and Eve not to be able to enjoy the garden and the paradise that God had already given them. And that's what he wants for your life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And you got to make a decision. It's in me. I got it. And there ain't no circumstance and there ain't no devil big enough to stop me from living in God's best. Father, today we pray and we thank you for everything that you have already given. Lord, I pray that right now faith would be stirred in people's hearts. Father, that today our mind would be renewed to who you've already made us, to what you've already given. We're not lacking, we are complete in you. And so today we thank you for that, God. We thank you. And I wanna pray, God, today like Paul prayed, open the eyes of our understanding, Lord, to see our lives with the revelation of how you see us today, your children, full of power, full of healing, well in Jesus' name. Rich in mercy, rich in grace, provided for, generous. Thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Come on, if you're just receiving today, would you just lift up your hands as just a sign that, you're, that we're just, we thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you that I have the mind of Christ. There's not one problem that I cannot solve because I have the mind of Christ. I thank you that we have the authority and we walk in protection in our lives, in our jobs, as we go to work, as we're in traffic. We thank you that protection has already been provided. Angels have been loosed and, and, and camp around us. We thank you, God. We thank you that by your stripes, Jesus, we are healed. And so today we step in that. We believe that. We walk in that. We're not going to accept no for an answer until we see it manifested in our lives. We thank you that we already have it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just still begin to thank him, my church family. He's so good. He's so good. And some of us may even need to repent to say, God, I, I repent because I haven't seen it. So I've been making decisions based on what I thought. I've been making decisions based on what I think. And yet it's already here. It's already here. With every head bowed and every eye closed. We never like to close out a Passion Life Church service without giving people the opportunity to receive this amazing Jesus. Like I said, the Old Testament prophets were prophesying what we can now live in. So if you never asked Jesus to come inside your heart, we wanna give you this opportunity to be able to receive everything that we've talked about this morning. If you've never made a decision to say, you know what? I'm ready to repent of my sin. I'm ready 
to believe in Jesus because Jesus died on the cross as a sacrifice for all of our sins so you could receive forgiveness. And what we just need to do is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth today. That's what we're gonna pray. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, whether you prayed this prayer before you prayed it for the very first time, I'd like us for us all to pray it just so if there's some people here that are praying it for the very first time, they don't feel like they're alone. Would you all say this? Come on, if you're watching online, pray this, say, Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. Father God, forgive me of all of my sins. Jesus, come inside my heart. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. And I will live for you by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give all of those who prayed that prayer for a very first time. Welcome. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.